The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. and drums, you know it's time for the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator, powered by Evergy. Join us as we explore the world of business, leadership, and entrepreneurship in Wichita. Learn from local business leaders and owners on how they have built and grown their companies and the challenges and opportunities they met along the way. Coming to you from the Evergy Room at the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Don Sherman and Ebony Clemens Ajibalande. Welcome to another exciting edition of the WCBA, powered by, of course, Evergy. First, thank you for listening. Don't forget to like us, love us, share us. We truly appreciate it. We have folks in the house, Gardner Design. Mm. E. That's mm. what's up. We have one of my favorite homies and favorite Rotarians, Bill Gardner in the house. You are too nice. Woo. Tell us a little bit about who you are, Bill, and oh, uh, what you do. Yeah. So, well, first of all, I've got to, I've got to shit a love back because Don's such a genius and Ebony came to me years ago. Um, on a project. How long ago? That sounds kind of long no, ago. It, it, it does sound like that. But I've got to tell you, when uh, we worked together on Park City, mm-hmm. um, yep. you came in, and as soon as she walked in the room, she had the clearest, most evident ideas in the room. And I was going, where has she been? So it's a blast wow. to be with you guys. Wow. Is Thank that, you, Bill. That's when really did that happen? Hey. Yeah. Hey. 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 <laughs> okay. My bad. So, I digress. Gar- Gardner Design. Um, which is a whole blend of different things. But Gardner Design is primarily a branding uh, organization. And uh, it goes back to starting out a goofy uh, startup out of college called uh, Gardner's Graphic Hands, which, by the way, was the absolute worst name that you could ever come up with uh, for somebody who ultimately hands. comes out there and, uh, <laughs> and help, help, helps brand you. But... Um, over the years, we've just turned into um, uh, an organization that does nothing but branding. About two-thirds of what we do is rebranding. So it is working with uh, larger entities, typically, that over a period of time have found that they no longer resonate with their clients or um, are trying to find uh, relevance with clients. And and that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a situation where... Um, you know, we, we may start a company out and decide that, you know, this is who our client is, but over a period of time, none of us grew in a linear fashion. We all grew very right. organically mm-hmm. and, uh, our audience shifts around and you find that, uh, uh, you, you, you get to that point where you've just kind of got to pause and think about what your brand is and redirect it towards those people that you're really trying to reach. And that's what we do. And it uh, doesn't matter if it's uh, nomenclature from naming. We just finished the uh, rebranding of Chisholm Trail State Bank to Strive this last week was just announced. Um, Congrats. A uh, new financial uh, firm in town named Knox Numis, which is uh, uh, being introduced next week. Mm. So it'll be introduced at the uh, uh, same time 
Um, as you start looking up branding around town, if you look at Spirit Aerosystems, what we uh, branded and did all the development for, um, anytime you drive by a Kroger store, a Dillon's, or a Quick Shop, or nationally, one of their 2,500 stores, you see our branding that we did for uh, uh, Kroger, for all of their uh, convenience stores and fuel islands to, to pull together a whole hodgepodge of different names of different entities so that there was consistency there. But uh, that's what we do. I mean, so pretty much you're just telling us, go outside and open your eyes. We'll see Bill Gartner designs everywhere. Honestly, (laughs) one of my very first jobs in 1983 was I won the opportunity to uh, rebrand the chamber. Wow. Uh, Oh, wow. So it was, and that logo has long since gone away. But, um, you know, that it, it, it was that. And, and I almost hate to admit to this, but it was that and Spangles, which continues to use the logo after all of these years. But, That's awesome. Uh, there you go. That is so awesome. Mm. I, and I know this is just random. So did you create the It Just Tastes Better? Is that you? No. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just um, wanted to know. <laughs> I, I, I was just thinking the other day, it, it was actually freshness made to order, I think was, was their tagline at, at the time that they came to us. And I mean, I literally was so wet behind the ears, Ebony. It was uh, one of those things where um, uh, I was out interviewing, looking for a position, and uh, nobody wanted to hire somebody that just was focused on branding and identity and logo design. So I just started freelancing, and uh, pretty soon I uh, hired uh, someone to help me out. And I can recall to this day um, going out, continuing to interview, and that person came to me and said, you know, you've kind of got, you've got a job because I'm your employee and Mm -hmm. you're supporting me and my wife and my child. And I'm, and it was this, it was this realization that, Hey, a business has started here. It's no longer just freelancing, but it actually is a business. And, um, uh, from, from such acorns, big oak trees grow, I guess. That's true. (laughs) And, and how many years have you been in business? So that was 1983. That, okay. that started, so I'm not even going to try and okay. uh, no, count yeah, the rings I, on that I, tree. I hear it. I hear it. <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> How many employees do you guys have? So now? we've got 10 of them. Um, and um, actually, our firm is uh, divided into kind of two parts. There's Gardner Design, and there is also Logo Lounge, mm-hmm. which is this uh, kind of fantasy offshoot idea that was really stupid done that I had um, uh, in 2001 that turned into a good idea. And occasionally that happens. You you have these stupid ideas that really work. Right. Um, and Logo Lounge was based off of, at, at that point, um, eBay had just started up. And uh, I was I was taken by the fact that somebody in England could have a teapot they wanted to sell, and they could take a picture of it and put it on the internet and put a couple of descriptive words. And me here in Wichita, I could type in teapot, and this picture of this teapot from England would pop up, and I could buy it. And you know, and I started thinking, you know, we design so much branding and look at so many logos, and there are catalogs of logos, just thousands of them, and you could have an employee looking for, let's say, a reference for frogs because you were wanting a frog and a logo. And they could spend the better part of days post-it noting books, looking at different frogs, and thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you had a site where you had a bunch of logos and you could just type the word frog in or mm-hmm. theater or whatever the industry was, or, and it would pull those up. And uh, this started out uh, with a partner of mine, Troy Tabor, who uh, ended up coding the site and putting it together. 
And uh, between the two of us, uh, uh, we started Logo Lounge. We went out and I was well-connected within the design industry nationally and internationally from starting AIGA, the American Institute of Graphic Arts here, and um, started talking to friends that I knew were highly respected for their design work. And I said, you know, can I talk you into loading your logos up on this thing? Yeah, I had to describe this to them, but they couldn't imagine really what it was because nothing existed like it uh, mm-hmm. at that point. And um, gave them lifetime memberships for uploading their work. And I said, and, and could you upload the stuff that they didn't buy too? Because people always want to kind of pull back that curtain and see what's back there. <clears throat> and uh, we started doing that. And uh, started out with 2,000 logos, and it was a uh, $100 annual membership. People could pay us $100, they could come on. And the the key to this whole thing was not only could they upload their logos, but if they uploaded logos, they were entered into a competition to be held that uh, we created books from. And um, uh, I will tell you to cut to the chase, there's 350,000 plus logos on uh, Logo Lounge contributed Whoa. by over 20,000 members uh, from around the world. 20,000. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, more than 100 countries uh, represented, and we are right now in the call for entry for our 12th, no, I take that back, 13th book. Um, we've, uh, it has been a bestseller within the design industry, all these, again, stupid ideas and they work, but, um, it, it just took off and it's been so embraced by, uh, the design community and, uh, ultimately turned into the opportunity to, um, not only fill it with these wonderful logos that are selected by an international panel of exceptional jurors, um, but it also has case studies there of really relevant logos that uh, are in the news right now. So it's one of those things where if I were to mention to you that just in the last year, Rolls-Royce, General Motors, Peugeot, Kia, Renault, and wow. Nissan all changed their logos, would you have imagined that? Yeah, because you were Zimbabwe, right? Well, I now, <laughs> now, now we didn't do them, but, but it's just... It, it's why you were asleep last night. Campbell's, Huggies, and Oscar Mayer changed wow. their logos. Wow. You know, um, uh, Papa Murphy's, Panera, and Burger King in the last month changed their logos. And people don't realize that it's, you know, branding is this continual state of flux. And, wow. you know, it's it, what, what a cool industry to be in mm-hmm. to help uh, people have that nugget that identifies them and people look at, and it's that husk, that shell that they know represents that corporation. Excellent. And it seems like you've positioned Gardner well from Gardner's graphic hands. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, tell us the story. I mean, I read it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've known you for a while, but I didn't know the story. Tell us the story real quick about it. From Gardner's graphic hands, how did it evolve to uh, Gardner design? Sure. So, um, Gardner's Graphic Hands. And, and by the way, I was really kind of glad to shed that name. Um, <laughs> I, 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 Don, I'll tell you something I've never, uh, I don't think, shared with anybody, um, which is where Gardner's Graphic Hands came from. I uh, I put myself through college doing magic. And uh, that, 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 that was where I raised my funds. <laughs> really? Uh, working oh my God. Uh, bar magic and birthday parties and bar mitzvahs and just everything. Wow. Um, and conventions. 
And, uh, and it was a great way to put myself through school. And I uh, had a mentor, Joe Stevens, at Stevens Magic Emporium here in town, still here uh, today, <laughs> that uh, took me under his wing and gave me the opportunity to spend time with David Copperfield and uh, Siegfried Roy and, wow. uh, you know, a world of really exceptional magicians. But uh, there was a magic company in Germany called uh, Graphic Hands. No, I take that back. Magic hands. And I always liked the sound of magic hands. And I thought, oh, graphic hands. Okay, but it's got to be Gardner's graphic hands. And it, it was a little bit too damn long. Uh, <laughs> so we, we, we should that. Um, so in uh, 1989, I believe, in 87, we started up AIGA in Wichita, the American Institute of Graphic Arts. In 89, uh, uh, Susan McLucky and Sonia Gretemann, a couple of uh, individuals mm-hmm. with uh, a lot of respect for both that... Uh, uh, were uh, co-founders of the AIGA with me. Uh, we decided to go into business together and started Gardner, Gretemann, McLucky. And uh, and that was around for probably about four years. Susan McLucky left, so it became Gardner plus Gretemann. Um, a few years later, Sonia and I went our separate ways. Sonia went on with uh, uh, the Gretemann group, and I went on with uh, Gardner Design and we uh, took over the facility out at uh, the old Dockham building at Hillside and Douglas mm-hmm. and uh, rebuilt the inside of that thing and uh, turned it into Gardner Design and Logo Lounge. And, uh, and there we are today. How would you define success as an entrepreneur? I've got to tell you, I uh, am continually kind of battling that question uh, from, from this perspective. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm on the Nexus board and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm entirely in favor of uh, the promotion of the entrepreneurial spirit and entrepreneurs. But, you know, when, when I started the business, that word wasn't even around. Right. You know, you're just, you're just starting a business. And right. I came from a family that uh, were uh, their own business owners. It started their own business, uh, going back generations, literally. And it, it was just kind of a, a, a way of life. So when, when I think about entrepreneurs... I guess that's kind of a, uh, in the first place, it's a lot of letters, uh, <laughs> but, uh, and it doesn't roll well, but it's, it, it's a way of kind of classifying those individuals that are willing to take that risk, um, uh, willing to put it all out there in order to take an idea that they had and see if they can make it fly. But really, Don, what's the difference between that and anybody that starts a business? What do you, what do you think the difference is? Risk. Risk. Yeah. And, you know, um, yeah, that, that, that risk is in there, but I think anybody that starts a business, you know, whether you call an entrepreneur or not, you know, is, you know, risking something, they're going out there. Correct. Um, you know, one, one of the beautiful things about, um, uh, owning a business or starting a business is that upside of, um, you know, you can do whatever you want, you can make whatever you want, you can have whatever salary you want. Mm-hmm. But you've got to make it happen, don't you? You know, Correct. and you can also lose it all. Yep. And um, I've often uh, told individuals uh, that have asked me about, you know, uh, starting up a business. You know, gosh, I uh, I hope your husband's good with the idea that you're not going to be bringing home a you know weekly or a biweekly paycheck, right? You know, because you may not. Yeah. Um, uh, and there are a lot of um, uh, partnerships or couples out there that. Um, uh, that business never gets off the ground because, frankly, it's just not in the DNA of one of the individuals mm-hmm. to correct. You know, that put up correct. that idea of you know that 
possibility of failure, that possibility of not being a consistent earner. I've always heard entrepreneur is somebody who leaves a perfectly good paying job <laughs> to go work, work for themselves and make absolutely nothing for a while. So, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Isn't that true? That's a tough gig. Yeah, <laughs> so. it, it, it is. And, and you know, nobody gets there without a little bit of support from, Correct. you know, uh, from other individuals that have that belief in it, um, exactly. you know, that. That whole idea of the belief in the business, I uh, because of the business that we're in, uh, we are continually serving entrepreneurs that come in with new ideas, new businesses, right. and 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 the likes. And sometimes I got to be honest, I'll, I'll I'll listen to an idea, and I'm just sitting there going, "Man, this is just crazy." I you know I I don't I don't I don't get it, mm-hmm. but I don't tell them that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm 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 glad to give them good advice, but um, I I always end my meetings by saying, "You know what." Um, if you see this and if you can imagine it happening, go ahead and do it. Go ahead. Because I, you know, I, I may not get it, but you know, I'm, I'm not invested in it like you are. And I can remember, uh, going around to various designers when, um, I was, uh, starting up Logo Lounge and, uh, and they go, yeah, I'll, I'll upload a couple of logos. This is a stupid idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll do it crazy. anyway. Yeah. But, uh, Yeah. It, but but gosh, you've always got to tell people to you know if they've if they've got that idea, if they've got that bone that they just can't shake. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Bill, I'm wondering why Wichita? Why did you decide to build your business here in the River City, in the, River the air City. capital of the world? Uh, Ebony, so I'm you know third generation Wichita. I, I generally avoid telling people that uh, my dad was mayor of the city uh, the year I was born. Mm. Um, so there, there, there was some connectivity in there. Yeah. But I will also tell you that um, our family, being an entrepreneurial family, um, and him being a builder, that uh, we weren't a well-to-do family. You know, it was you know you were you were living from point to point, and um, you know Wichita has always. Wichita has this unique aspect of scale. It is, and, and, I, and I get this question from a lot of uh, uh, clients or designers that are in much more metropolitan areas that are uh, much larger than this. And I go, you know what? Um, in Wichita, I can find somebody that can fabricate anything that I need to have fabricated, that can print whatever I need to have printed, that can design or program whatever I need to have programmed, and I'm probably going to be on a first, if not a second name basis with just about all of those people if I want to be. Mm-hmm. And think about the connectivity that you can build in this community. Um, you know, I mean, I used to have people say, you know, Wichita's got great vines that you can swing from. And it's true. You know, I mean, uh, everybody can build connectivity in here. And it all ultimately kind of comes down to uh, the, the, the people that you know, the relationships that you build uh, that kind of come back to help build your business. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you talk about much larger communities, and I look at people that are much more skilled than I am, that um, are in very large communities that have never reached a critical mass or never reached a level of essence that uh, they feel is an accomplishment. And I, I think that's partly because, you know, the environment that you live in um, dictates uh, the scale to which you can grow. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. some people, you know, throw that into the big, big fish in the small pond or the small fish in the big pond. But, um, you know, what, what is there left for me to do 
that uh, Gardner Design or Logo Lounge have not done on an international uh, basis that uh, could be done from anywhere. I mean, uh, it's all been done here from Wichita, mm -hmm. and, uh, and comfortably so. So, Bill, could you talk a little bit about that just for people who don't understand that you not only uh, design and do branding for mm -hmm. people locally, yep. but internationally, sure. right? And and, and, it, and I will tell you that it's become much more customary uh, to uh, work on an international basis. And, um, and, and yes, Ebony, I appreciate the pitch uh, there. Yeah, we do um, uh, work for clients um, literally on just about every continent uh, at uh, one point uh, or another. I mean, um, we've, We've just finished a project for Google. Um, we've, uh, which I'm not allowed to talk about, uh, <laughs> <laughs> for Facebook, for the NFL, for yeah. you know, I mean, for clients that we can't show the work, mm -hmm. uh, but that uh, we work for. And um, uh, I, I will tell you one of the things that I haven't mentioned that kind of caused much of this to happen was uh, after we had started Logo Lounge, and we started producing these uh, books. I was approached by a gentleman named Gordon Kay, who's the publisher of a publication called Graphic Design USA. It's a publication for the design industry, for the printing industry, uh, the marketing industry. And he said, would you write an article about logos? And I thought, yeah, okay, I can, I can, I can do this. So um, at the time, we had had uh, literally thousands of logos coming in for these books, and I was starting to see some trends amongst them. And I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to write an article on logo trends, what, what we're seeing and how, how they're progressing. So I ended up selecting 15 different trends for that article and wrote some pretty snarky comments about them, but also some insightful comments about why uh, those logos happened the way that they did mm -hmm. and what their background was. And it turned into one of the most read features of uh, the publication. And it came back the next year and the next year. And now we, this year, just finished our 19th edition of it. Wow. And it's typically picked up by Forbes, by Fortune, by uh, Fast Money, um, uh, quoting it, copying out of it uh, to indicate what the uh, trends are uh, within this. It literally is... Uh, taken me uh, around the world, speaking to organizations, to um, conferences about uh, what uh, is shifting in the uh, uh, the world of identity design wow. and you know where it's going to. And because it's trends, we're really talking about the evolution of mm -hmm. uh, design and the trajectory that it's on, where it where it's going to. And you've always got to know where it came from in order to figure out that trajectory. You know, so you've got multiple points you can track. But um, just just that um, turned into us being approached by uh, what was then Lynda.com, uh, which is now LinkedIn Learning. Um, so I'm an author for LinkedIn Learning. And if you um, are a member of that or uh, use those uh, video courses, which are really exceptional uh, tools uh, for uh, every growing business or student, um, I've done about 10 different courses for them on um, identity design and brand uh, trajectory and trending and uh, the process. And 
written the textbook on uh, uh, identity design for schools. That and is it fascinating. Just, you know, so, I mean, it just kind of, <laughs> wow. it snowballed, yeah, Ebony. It just kind I of see. kept growing. Now, I do have to ask this. Yeah. Uh, is it really exceptional because you teach and write for it? Is that the reason why it's exceptional? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, you don't have to answer. That, that, that's why it is. Yeah. Because I'm there. It's exceptional. Oh, gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here with Bill Gardner of Gardner Designs, and we appreciate you listening. We're going to take a short break to hear a word or two from our sponsors, and then we'll be back to continue his story. Severe weather. Whether it's hail, wind, rain, or snow, storms can cause damages, inconveniences, and sometimes even power outages. At Evergy, we're committed to providing safe, reliable energy. And in the event of an outage, our linemen work tirelessly to restore your power as quickly and as safely as possible. And with tools like our outage map and real-time updates, we're with you every step of the way. Visit evergy.com slash stay safe to learn more. As a convener of people and ideas, the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce continues to extend our reach and maximize our efforts to provide the best possible business environment in our region. Your partnership is imperative for accelerating business success. We invite you to visit wichitachamber.org to learn more about the benefits of membership and become involved with our efforts to provide success for our members, leadership for our community, and prosperity for our region. Visit wichitachamber.org and follow us on your favorite social media platform. Welcome back, friends. We're here with another edition of the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator, and we have my friend, Bill Gardner. I guess he's Don's friend, too. So. Yeah, we'll catch you both. I know it. <laughs> Thank you, Bill, because she sure will not. I'm just saying. <laughs> she gloms on to people. <laughs> Bill, let me ask this. <laughs> I'm just going to move right along. you going to follow up, Move okay, right go. along. <laughs> go, go for it, Evan. <laughs> So what are some of the pitfalls uh, that a new business owner runs into as they're trying to create their their new logo or brand? Yeah. The way that you just phrased that, I, I, I think it, it really uh, is telling. And I'm going to I'm, I'm going to kind of go back here for just a second, because we've uh, used the word logo a great deal throughout this conversation. But when we're talking about branding, um, you know, that that logo is that little nugget, that little uh, capstone on top of that brand. It's it when, when we talk about branding that we do, and especially for entrepreneurs and uh, people starting up a business, um, you know, that brand is so much more. It's it, it's all the touch points. It is uh, the individuals that work for that company. It is the, the tone of voice that you read when you're reading through their website. We develop websites and um, uh, the uh, social interfaces for companies as well so that it is consistent with all the visual material. And that could be um, not just the logo, but all the visual vocabulary. So the, uh, the typography and the colors and the textures mm-hmm. and the patterns and the materials that they use and the type of photography and the type of illustration, all these things come together so that you've got that what's often referred to as kind of brand DNA that you can draw upon so that uh, your fleet graphics and your signage and all the components that visually represent you as well as orally represent you have that level of consistency. So when we start talking to new companies, we we first have to explain that what, what we really do is that we create clarity. We, we, create, we do that and we create consistency. And it uh, is one of those things where as consumers, we make huge assumptions. Now, just 
to kind of throw this out there. I, I have no idea what recent purchase Dawn has made, but I'm willing to bet that Dawn has relied on some assumptions here and there. And, you know, and, and we all do this. And assumptions isn't a bad word, but, but we have to be able to kind of craft those assumptions that people make. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, if you buy a car, you, you may well have scrutinized that brochure that lists out all of the um, cubic centimeters of power and torque and yada, yada, yada. Or you may have just opened it up and seen that that was a good looking car going down the highway. You know, and I could see myself in it. And 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 we make a lot of assumptions about how well that car is going to run or, you know, what kind of warranty it's going to come with. We don't know sometimes. And um, so uh, when when you start talking about branding, you're talking about having to craft those assumptions that people make about that institution. So um, when 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 they look at your business card and it relates to uh, the truck that you drove up because you're giving a painting estimate on their house, you know, and 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 the neatness of what you appear like and that uh, that quote that you give them and the little website you go to, if all those things kind of hang together, or do they kind of look like they were run off over at the FedEx duplicating store and uh, that maybe the truck kind of looks like the website, but it also kind of looks like something that maybe um, uh, her husband put together that, you know, was kind of on a side gig or something, you know, all of these are going to allow us to make assumptions about, you know, the kind of job that we're going to get from either of those individuals. Mm. And because we see that level of consistency and that detail, that is coming across, no matter how small or large that entity is, we make assumptions that if we're going to hire them to uh, paint our house, that she's going to have the job done when she says she will, that she's not going to ask for an advance to go buy the paint, Yeah. that she's going to answer her phone it's when important. you call her. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these are things that we didn't ask, but we assume based off of that level of consistency in the criteria that they've used in order to represent themselves and, and scale that up to your very largest of business. So when someone comes to us and talks to us about opening up a business or starting a business, you know, um, cash is always king. It's, you know, it, it, you've, you've, you've only got so much of it when you're going into a business. And oftentimes the marketing, if, if even that's what the branding is called, is at the very bottom of the list mm-hmm. of things that mm-hmm. you know have to be considered. The person's concerned about, you know, uh, I've I've got to get a lease and I've got to you know get equipment for the building and I've got to uh, get licenses and I've got to get insurance and I've got to hire employees. All of this is paramount to that individual, but oftentimes that thought of what is going to be the delivery device that is going to build those assumptions that is going to help the public know about that entity, that business, whatever it is, are totally forgotten about. And that really is the most critical step in there is, you know, uh, oftentimes uh, new business startups are so focused on what that product is that they never think about the delivery. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. how, yeah. how, do you, how do you get that into the hands? And, you know, and, and how does that person make that selection of you over somebody else. And and it's also the sign of many a failure is that they may have a fabulous product. You know, it, it, it may be a great idea, but because you don't get yourself into that pool of considerations, you're never considered. Yeah. And it, you know, doesn't speak poorly of your product, doesn't speak poorly of your service. It just speaks poorly of your ability to brand yourself mm-hmm. and get in front of people. 
You packed a lot, a lot in there. That's going to have to be unpacked. I'm probably going to have to listen to that twice. That was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot of in, lot of information. But you're the world renowned Bill Gardner. That's so, right. I mean, that he that, is. and that was free to folks. I mean, that normally would charge. You would be able to charge for that. So uh, you've been around for a minute. Back with. Happy Hands. What was it? Gardner's, Gardner's Graphic Hands. Boy, graphic we're going we're gonna to run that hands. one into the graphic. Yeah. People are going to know that now. Uh, yeah, because yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, that's just, that's funny to me. But um, from where you were to whence you came. And yep. um, now what's next, though? Hmm. You've done it all. Or have you no, not? No, 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 no. I haven't. Did I misspeak? No. <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I love the industry that I am in. And uh, when, when I say that, I'm not saying I like designing logos or I like uh, publishing books or I like teaching courses. I'm, I, I, I love the entirety of the industry. I love marketing. I love branding. And there, there is so much depth to it. And um, uh, it's one of those deals where everybody uh, uh, tends to, at one point or another in their life, say, am I in the right place? Am I doing the right thing? Is this, you know, do I, do I have a passion for this? Do I love what I'm doing? And there are a lot of people out there that still 20, 30 years after they've started, you know, into their uh, professional life are still looking. And I, I think a lot of it's attitude. I think that a lot of it has to do with embracing uh, what, you know, uh, is in front of you and making the very best out of it. Um, uh, I, I can imagine any number of people that uh, uh, are in a profession that, you know, uh, ultimately retire and they look back on their time in that profession and kind of go, man, I, I really didn't. Uh, I think I kind of ended doing the same thing I started. And what a sad mm. thing. What a sad yeah, possibility, you know, for <laughs> human potential right. that, uh, that we do that. Um, as far as uh, next things, you know, one one of uh, my fascinations is really where branding is going to, because as you start to think about branding, um, and, I, and I'm going to pop back to logos for just a second here. Um, let me open your eyes. Um, uh, because we, we grew up in a CMYK world, cyan, yellow, magenta, and black. If we went to get printer cartridges for our printer, if we went to the printer, those are the four colors they laid down on the press. And in order for CMYK to work, light has to come down and hit a page and bounce back to your eyes. We live in an RGB world now. Red, green, and blue. Those mm -hmm. are the colors of those little dots on your screen that are literally projecting light at you with that information so that we can see a screen in the dark. We don't have to turn a light on. Think about how that has shifted the way generations that have grown up in front of a screen see color. Think about the way that it's shifted the way that they see visuals. When uh, newspapers were the main way of getting to people, or the yellow pages, what are those? Uh, you know, it, it was a period of time when you would design a logo, and it had to be in black and white, and it had to be simple and not have any gradation to it, or any kind of, you know, uh, challenging element that couldn't be easily reproduced or rescaled or recite. Well, you know, okay, we live in an RGB environment. So now it doesn't matter if something has a gradation to it or if the Instagram logo has this brilliant gradation of, you know, this blushing blonde down through this violet. You know, it, it's something that we recognize that as Instagram's color. We don't even have to see the logo when, you know, mm. we, and we know that that's its brand. But let's push beyond that. Think about augmented reality or think about virtual reality. If, you, if you've ever put on a pair of Oculus 
and, you know, and, and stepped into an augmented reality, mm-hmm. you know that even though you're just standing in this same space right here, you're existing inside of this three-dimensional, this four-dimensional world. If there's a logo right. inside of there, Don, if I walked up to that logo, is it just this flat logo hanging there on the wall or is it something that I can walk behind? Is it something that I can touch? What's the backside of it look like? If I touch it, is it going to touch me back? Is it going to squeak? Is it going to bounce? Is it going to make a noise? If it was a person, what kind of voice would it have? Wow. Think about all of these things that are really just a way for you to help represent a company. And maybe it's not even a thing anymore. Maybe it's no longer a logo. Maybe it's just a Sonic logo. And many, you know, many, many companies have famous Sonic logos, you know, uh, uh, take a look at Intel inside. You know, every time you hear that, din, din, you know, mm-hmm. it's Intel commercial. Exactly. I didn't have to be there to see the commercial. I know it's Intel. Right. That's the brand. Can we start to look at uh, the olfactory system? Is, is it going to be just purely by smell? Well, there are corporations and companies. Singapore Airlines has a particular fragrance that they develop specifically for their brand. Hmm. Uh, that's called Floridian Waters. That if you go into one of their airlines, you're going to smell that smell. And it, you know, it helps you associate with that time inside of that wonderful flight that you had on Singapore Airlines. So you start to push that and, you know, do we have ways to channel brands to consumers that go far beyond the idea of just looking at the Coca-Cola logo or a medallion hanging on the front end of a car to tell what it is? You know, how else do we convey that brand to people? So when you ask me, you know, what's next, so much of what I do is geared towards talking to people and helping to people to understand what branding is and what mm. it can be. And, you know, uh, as long as you kind of keep moving that evolutionary cycle forward, you continue to engage people in a way that they've never been engaged before. And that pays off in an extra brilliant way because people, because they, they respond better to things that they haven't seen a million times. And you want that yeah. brand to be something that is new and fresh to them. Going to do some word association, Bill. Yep. One word. Uh, you give me one word back. It's not wrong because it's your word. Are you ready? Oh, well, maybe. Okay. <laughs> Leader. Uh, Dawn. Failure. Uh, <laughs> Enron. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good, yeah. That was yeah. Super fail. Uh, vacation. Um, because I'm dealing with this right now. It's actually Tuscany, but, uh, there you go. Okay. Wichita. Oh, hometown. Fun. Um, family. Chamber. Guidance. College. Shockers. Okay. Last but not least, beverage. Gosh, Americano. Americano. Excellent, E. That, well, that, that, that was a, a pretty uninspirational bucket list there. Sorry about that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. The only thing, you know, that I'm shocked about, even though you, you as you know, college, you said the Shockers, oh, which I no, love the no, Shockers. No. But did you not go to K-State? I did. I uh, so There's um, a reason he didn't mention I it. mean, Move I'm just on. saying. No, uh, I... I, I <laughs> So I, I actually have two degrees, I, I, but they are both from Wichita State. I, I have a degree in business from Wichita State, and at the time I was going to go into the family business, didn't want to do that, was an artist at heart, so I went up to Kansas State, 
and uh, spent three semesters up there pursuing uh, graphic design and doing magic. Gave me a chance to meet my wife, figure out they See? didn't have much this, of a program so at the time. That's what you need See? to uh, answer with. Okay. Came back to Wichita State, finished up the degree in fine arts. So <laughs> there we go. The education. Well, all right, friends, we're at the end of today's segment, and we have the wonderful, world-renowned Bill Gardner with us today. Thank you for listening. Make certain that you like us, leave comments for us, let us know what you like, and who you may want to hear from in the next episode. Till next time. Peace. The Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator is brought to you by the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce and is powered by Evergy. Visit wichitachamber.org for a list of the area leaders we've interviewed for this series. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net. I would say, Bill, I would venture to say that um, Western Kansas has had that uh, branding model down for since the beginning of time. Because, you know, when you drive to Western Kansas, you you smell. You smell Western Kansas, don't you? You smell the money. (laughs) (laughs) Let's pivot on that. The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. Thank you for your support of small businesses. If you are interested in learning more about small business investment, contact Angie Elliott at A-E-L-L-I-O-T-T at wichitachamber.org.